0: Hello everybody. I'm Matt Hardman and you are listening to the Race Nerd podcast on your home for the plethora of programming that is CKCC radio. Thank you for tuning in, man. Uh, we are just we are in recover mode from an extra long racing holiday weekend. I call it Racing Christmas where you have three of the biggest races in the world theoretically taking place on the same day. Uh, didn't quite work out this year, but uh, we'll talk all about that. We'll talk about the Grand Prix in Monaco. We'll talk about, um, obviously, the 107th Indianapolis 500, um, which saw a, a lot of stories in it, but there's one at the end that really... Oh, man. Um, then we also have, um, NASCAR in, in their backyard, um, uh, back home in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where rain kind of plagued the weekend, uh, which was the first part of the story, but the second part of the story, oh, boy, we will definitely have that, and we'll definitely have some opinions, because this has truly, truly divided NASCAR. Um, and, 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 I'll, and I'll talk about it and it actually might fall back a little bit to what I said in episode 100 when I was talking about uh, North Wilkesboro but let's get down before we go any further before we go any further I am bringing it back Um, I think I've only done it once or twice in the first hundred episodes but I am bringing back a Jimmy Johns Frankie Fast fact for the track, and that is over the race weekend. Due to the rain and all, uh, NASCAR's Cup Series and Xfinity Series races, both were on the same day. Justin Haley for Colleague Racing set a new NASCAR record By competing in 898.5 miles in one day, in those two races, he completed all but a mile and a half, one lap, from completing the scheduled 900 miles for both events on that rain day. That's a Freaky Fast Fact. And that is really impressive. And we'll talk about Justin and those 900 miles in a little bit. But let's quickly start off our racing holiday with the Grand Prix of Monaco. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because I actually did not watch Monaco this year. I actually decided to sleep in. Uh, for once on Sunday, so I missed Monaco. Um, this was a uh, Monaco's a great track, don't get me wrong. Uh, sometimes you do get boring reef but Monaco is a picturesque track. I can't think of another place where F1 should be other than the Grand Prix in Monaco, um, but it was max for strapping. Um, the Red Bull color, so that picks up the win. Fernando Alonso finished second, and, and that's, yeah, well, I, I guess in my old age, I'm kind of liking Fernando, um, because of his appreciation to the, the craft of, um, motor racing, uh, I think in particular since, uh, he ran Indy a few years back and decided to try it again, and he's still open to running Indy, uh, as far as I know, so, I mean, that's, that's something, but, um, Restrappin wins it, I think this is going to be another Restrappin title year, um, not a whole lot good, lot of, I won't say there's not a whole lot good, I can say when it comes to, um, F1 because well I'm sure there is good things I just don't really pay attention to it too much. Um so that so that was Great Prix month Then we move on to the Indianapolis 500, the 107th Indy 500. Now um when I talked about North Wilkesboro last week's episode, North Wilkesboro obviously was on my bucket list of items. Um, still on my bucket list of items, but if it doesn't happen, I can, I can be content with it, um, is going and seeing the Indy 500. Um, now, I've actually been to Indianapolis, I've been to the Speedway, uh, saw the Brickyard 400 there in 2000. I had to stop at think of the year, um. 2000. Bobby Labonte wanted Rusty for the second. Um, but I was there for that. That was, you know, I got to see the IROC race the day before to the museum. Uh, so, I'm, I'm happy with that. But it doesn't uh, really compare to the greatest spectacle in motorsports, um, the Indianapolis 500. Because there's so much history. Uh, there's so much pageantry. Uh, you've you're fitting, in that two and a half miles, you're fitting 330,000 people. Think about that. 330,000 people. I guarantee that you're probably listening to this probably in a town which doesn't even touch 330,000 people. I mean, 330,000 people is probably more than you know, half the state I live in. Who knows? Hell, it could be the entire state of Maine, for all I know. Uh, but yeah, you know, you have that. You have all that pomp and circumstance. The 33 drivers. The um, back home again in Indiana. Uh, you know, you have all that tradition over a hundred years. It is historic. Historic track, um, you know, and all the stories in the you know, you know. Would Marcus Erickson um, go back to back? How would Tony Kanaan and um, Helio Castro Neves run in their final Indy 500s? Um, how would, you know, would one of these young lions the score? Uh, Pat Warren, Colton Herta, Alex Pillow, would they be able to claim their first Borg Warner Trophy? Or will one of the veterans, you know, a Scott Dixon, a uh, last year's winner, Marcus Erickson, you know, <coughs> um, Alexander Rossi, would one of them be able um, to pull it back into victory lane you know, there was so, so many stories um, that started off last week um, with qualifying, where Alex Pillow would qualify on the pole, um, And Katherine Legge would become the fastest female qualifier in Indianapolis history, uh, breaking the single-act record that was held by... Simona Di Silvestro and the four lap record held by Sarah Fisher. For some reason I thought one, if not both of those records may have been held by Danica, but I was very surprised with the two women who um who held those. Uh, but uh despite that record, those breaking those records Catherine Legs qualified only 30th, just barely making her way into the race. Um, and uh, this was this was a competitive field. We saw we saw her teammate Graham Rahal get bumped out of the Indianapolis 500. 30 years after his father, a former 500 winner himself, and Graham's team owner, Bobby Hall, was bumped out of the 500. I mean, that shows how competitive this is. I mean, this is extremely competitive. Um, but, uh, Graham's weekend wasn't done as in practice um, we would see Stefan Wilson, whose brother, you know, brother of um, the late IndyCar driver Justin Wilson, would be rear-ended in a um, in a practice incident involving Katherine Lang that would send Stefan to the hospital with a, a with um, a broken vertebrae in his back. Uh, really hard hit for both drivers. Uh, it was unfortunate. Um, Blake did not have time to check up once, um, Stefan got up onto some, into some slower traffic. Uh, it was just an unfortunate scene, uh, but Stefan's, uh, Dreyer Reinbold Racing was able to find a replacement in Grant Rahul. So Graham did Make it into that field, uh, kind of crossing the team lines, you know, going uh, with permission from his father's team and Honda to go over and help out uh, Dryer and Red Bull, Dryer and Reinbold in their Chevy uh, entry. Now, how would uh, Graham do, and how would Catherine do, along with all the others, we would find out on Sunday with the 107th. Uh, Indianapolis 500 early on. Catherine Lake was having handling issues. Eventually would park her car finishing 33rd out of the 33 cars in the field. Graham would in a backup car um, having to start uh, in the back and not only that but also having problems at the start where his number 24 Chevrolet would not kick over uh, he would fall laps down, but at one point in the race, he was the fourth fastest car on the track, fourth fastest lap, um, put down, uh, so his car was down. it was just unfortunate that, you know, his car did not want to start at the beginning of the race. Uh, so, um, we move on, we have, there's incidents here and there, um, but I think what where it all started to unravel, especially for drivers like Alex Pillow and Rina's VK, is we would see them uh, spin uh, on pit lane. They didn't do any damage as Pillow would come back after dominating early on. He would come back to finish fourth in the race. Um, VK, I believe, is still finished in the top ten. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but... Uh, we would see multiple red flags in this race. We would see two. Um, first, for a scary incident involving Kyle Kirkwood, um, as Kirkwood would um, would go upside down and ride along his the the top of his car. And thankfully, there was the arrow visor there. Um, he put his um, his visor shield up. This signify that he was okay, I mean, I don't know, I probably would have crapped my pants at that, uh, but, um, Kyle Kirkwood was okay, he was treated and released to the Enfield Care Center, um, the second one, I believe, was with, um, involving Paddle O'Ward, who, much like NASCAR, it, it doesn't discriminate... Whatever form of racing, but cautions breed cautions. And we certainly saw that in uh, the that um, Paddle of War trying to make a wild pass. Um, he would end up in the outside wall. A couple of other cars involved. Um, but the day belonged to Roger Pitsky and Joseph Newgarden, who on a restart, Newgarden was able to bypass uh, Marcus Erickson on a green-white checkered, uh, denying the defending Indy 500 champion from uh, repeating. Newgarden picks up his first ever Indy 500 win, and Roger Penske's 19th 19th the guy literally doesn't just own the Indianapolis 500. But I mean, he is figuratively and literally owning the record books. 19. Think about that. Man, that's insane. That is an insane stat. Um, but I don't think... Roger's, Roger's still got a couple of entries into the, in the Cope 600. Let's see how they do. Um, but man, 19, and, and, this is great because Joseph, um, to celebrate, we had, you know, everybody will do burnouts, or, you know, some drivers will do the Polish Victory Lap, or you'll have the Helio, um, Castro Neves, who, I believe this may have been his final IndyCar, his final Indy 500 start along with, um, longtime best friend Tony Kanaan in his final uh, NASCAR uh, his final IndyCar star uh, those two gentlemen you know pretty much retiring with seven, uh, with five Indy 500s between the two of them um, but man he, you know, Helio he, he had the Spider-Man Joseph just goes into the crowd with the fans I mean, that was a moment Hey, it really capped off what makes Indianapolis so special. Um, even why it is always a must-see. And anybody who says IndyCar is dying. You look at those 330 plus thousand people on TV that roar. Uh, IndyCar, open-wheel racing, ain't going anywhere. Um, so, uh But going somewhere is the Coke 600. As in Charlotte, it rained Friday and Saturday as storms came in. Um, washed it out. We had a truck race on Friday that was won by Ben Rhodes, picking up the wind there. Uh, Very clever, because I didn't think... Ben had the strongest truck at the beginning of the race, but due to adjustments and pit stops, uh, the timing of pit stops, Ben Rhodes was able to get out front and take the um, Camper in RV Center Ford F 150 to victory lane. I um, was actually kind of happy to see that. You know, he had a, a quiet weekend uh, at the at North Wilkesboro the week before. Uh, but this this was good to see. Uh, I thought it may have been his, his teammate Ty Majeski picks up the W, but uh, this was certainly a welcome um, win for that team. Alright, so Saturday we were scheduled to have the Osco 300 for the Xfinity Series. Uh, rain. Would push that race back to Monday Memorial Day. Now um, we we're hoping to get um, the Coke 600 in on Sunday. It was even moved back. We got a little bit of the race in, I believe. Um, but unfortunately, rain plagued that, so that would be moved to Monday. Hence the freaky fast fact at the beginning. Now, initially, the at eleven AM, the in, the Infinity race was scheduled to start. Started did, but due to um, some more rain and the fact that there was a three o'clock start time for the Coke Six Hundred, the race would. Resume. The, the 300 would resume after the conclusion of the Coke 600. I will say, thankfully, Charlotte Motor Speedway does have lights. Um, so we would have the Coke 600, uh, which would you know, go on without a hitch until about I don't know the exact lap number. But all hell broke loose. Um, not just on the track, but on social media. As, during some hard racing, Denny Hamlin would get up and make contact with Chase Elliott. Chase would go to the wall. Coming down the front stretch, Chase would right hook Denny Hamlin into the front stretch wall. um, Eventually taking out both cars and letting loose a tirade on radio and social media, which we will get to because, oh boy, Uh, how about that, but um, this was, this race we would see um, a lot of covers and goers, we had a lot of strong cars uh, that should have stayed up front that that weren't, you know, William Byron led for quite a bit of the race, Uh, Kyle Larson was up there. Uh, The SHR cars, while it rained, you know, due to the the metric system points, um, Kevin Harvick would finish second, but he would go... uh, He would start second, but he would go from the back to the front to the back. Um, He was running in the top ten for a while, um, but he would end up finishing, you know, I believe it was... 15th, but we would have a, a, a lot, there was a lot of craziness at one point, Legacy Motor Club uh, their three entries, uh, as this being one of the races with Jimmy Johnson in it um, they were the last three on the track all having issues matter of fact, I believe this may be the first time in Jimmy's career when he has had three straight DNFS, and I believe his DNS, I believe he has actually finished. Well, I know the last two for sure. The last two races, he has finished dead last. I don't remember if he finished dead last at Daytona, but um, at Coda and um, Indy, he had, uh, at Charlotte, he finished dead last. So, I mean, this is not very Jimmy Johnson-like. Um, I think. I don't. I don't know if it's just the fact that he either he is just totally lost when it comes to um, setting up this car, or I think his skills have diminished. You know, I think his. I don't want to say his skills have diminished, but uh, this is these are stats that you'd expect with his IndyCar career. Because my God, that was horrible. Uh, this is actually even worse. So, um, I I don't know. I think right now, you know, the only reason why he's still out there is, one, he's a name, he he sells sponsorship, and two, you know, he owns the team. Other than that, I'd I'd might pull the plug on this deal. Um, But, so, um, we had all that, but it was a lot. Um, William Byron finished second as Ryan Blaney broke a 58 race winless streak. Um, 58 or 38? Uh, he broke his winless streak, and um, this was this was certainly something. And I, no, no, I'm happy for YRB because I mean, you know, he he'd been. Slowly consistent, but he had honestly, had, um, he's just not had the luck, and, and I think he gets, I think he gets forgotten about sometimes, um, especially with other contemporary drivers who he came up racing like a Chase Elliott or a Bubba Wallace or even a you know a Kyle Larson. You know he gets forgotten compared to some of those guys, but uh, this is. This would be his 8th win, ninth win of his career, um, so, I mean, he knocks off one of the big ones, the Coke 600, uh, so, um, yeah, that um, and the Allsco race, um, finished way later than, I, I wanted to stay up, um. And that was won by Justin Aldier who puts uh, Junior Motorsports back in victory lane. You know, here we are, almost in June, and this is the first time uh, Junior Motorsports picks up a win in the Xfinity Series. Uh, that shows that this has been not only a competitive series, but a tough series uh, to crack the win in. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek finishes second extending his points lead, which he took over, uh, a few weeks ago at Dover, so, or Darling Dude, excuse me. So, um, alright, let's dive into the big topic, um, that's going around, and that is Chase Elliott Hammond. Now, Denny Hamlin, after being wrecked and going to the infield care center uh, during his during his interviews after leaving the post race center, claimed that Chase Elliott should be suspended for intentionally wrecking him. Um, you know, he said the precedent was set last year with at um, at Las Vegas with Bubba Wallace. Uh, being suspended for a race for taking out Kyle Larson. Um, Danny had gone on saying that, you know, we have set this, we would not be, you know, we would not be um, holding true to this and that that this is done. Um, And a lot of... And this divided fans because um, some fans thought that this was unintentional or... Uh, a racing incident, quote-unquote. Because I love hearing that phrase. A racing incident whenever things happen. Uh, some were even pointing out Brad Keselowski saying, Keselowski got into, um... Elliot. In which Keselowski, on his radio, said he never touched Elliot until Elliot was already in the process of hooking him. Um... Hamlin would later on social media bring up the, um, the the data which is shown. that shows that Elliot's wheel was straight after hitting the wall and before turning into um, Hamlin. Now, Elliot, in his post-race category said that he had broken it a rear toe link and that the car was impossible to drive a pull straight basically uh, Hamlin used NASCAR's data and all the, all the data he had posted that which I think probably forced a little more NASCAR's hand and they would race happened on Monday on Tuesday evening They announced that Chase Elliott, NASCAR's five-time most popular driver, will be suspended for the Gateway race. He will not be able to compete at Gateway, Um, and due to the Xfinity Series running at the road course in Portland, Oregon, uh, Josh Berry would not be able to uh, return to the seat of the ninth car to sub for him this weekend, um, and that it will be Corey LaJoy, who just a few years back tried to lobby for the seat of the 48 car, had actually written, and gave to, uh, Rick Hendrick a passionate note on why he should be considered for the 48 car, um. Corey finally gets a chance to drive a Hendrick Chevrolet as he will be filling in in the nine car for Chase Elliott. And Carson Hosevar, uh, who just won his first truck series race earlier this year at Texas, um, actually competed in his first, well, his second Xfinity race of the season at Charlotte. Uh, he will be tapped to make his cup debut driving for Spire Motorsports in the Schuler Systems number 7 car. Uh, man, this kid's getting a really fast learning curve this year. Picks up his first truck series win. Um, he only has two starts in the Xfinity series and then hops right up to Cup. I mean, it's a hell of a learning curve for this young man, but I think he's up for it. Um, and social media, like I said, you know, I, I, I've seen some little chirps about, um, Corey LeJoy getting this ride, um, which I'm okay with. I know that he, you know, that some things are, you know, he has said in the past a while ago, but I think Corey has matured as a young man. I can't think of another guy who is, um, as passionate about this sport, um, as Corey and, um at you know, he's kind of, I, I don't want to say doing it the old school way, um, but he, you know, he, for a long time, he competed in his own equipment. He's, he's running these smaller rides, showing what he can do in these rides. Um, and, and, you know, they're getting more competitive every year. I think that this is a, uh, a great opportunity to show what he can do in, in some Good equipment while the nine car has not been that great this year. Um, they are, you know, it's just, you know, he could get to show what he could do with this great equipment. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of people are um, all over Teddy Hamlin calling him a spoiled brat. Uh, there's other people who are saying that uh, Chase Elliott. <clears throat> didn't intentionally wreck this. Um, you know, it, 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 there's just everything. Okay, my two cents because this is my show. Uh, obviously, you cannot refute the data. You cannot refute um, the cameras. You cannot refute the in-car. You cannot refute a damn thing. Chase Elliott intentionally wrecked Denny Handler. No, no bones about it. You can't deny it. Um, they even showed the Brad, the whole possibility of Brad Keselowski um, giving Elliot that push. Brad had already made, had made contact after Elliot had done that, and it was the slightest contact. It would not have mattered. It was so monumental. It was almost like rubbing a piece of paper up against a car. It would not have mattered. Okay? So, Elliot flat out does this. Uh, He doesn't do anything stupid like go on a podcast and, you know, say that he did this when it didn't look like that. I.e. Danny. Um, But, the fact is, he did this. He kind of was not... Non, um... He was kind of playing coy during the comments. I was trying to find the right word, but he was playing coy during his, his uh, his thing. Then saying the tolling broke You're full of shit. Um, but he, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't the first time with, uh, Chase Elliott. Um, because as Denny said, and I know a lot of people don't like that you take, take this part out. You take out the fact of who it was. Um this isn't the first time we've seen something like this out of Chase Elliott. Um, he has... He's had an incident with Kyle... Was it Kyle Larson last year? Um, thankfully it was squashed by Rick Hendrick, because, well, Rick Hendrick is, you know, it doesn't need either one of them, per se, but, um, they need Rick Hendrick. Um, but... You know, we we saw that we saw the incident with Kevin Harvick at Bristol a few years ago. Um, you know, with um, Kevin Harvick missing, you know that that whole issue. Um, and, uh, that certainly did not sit well with a lot of fans. Um, you know, certainly didn't really destroy. Chases, um, you know, fan base, but it certainly did not help him grow new fans. And even going back, and I'm gonna go back on this one. This is before he won his championship, before, before he got his cup ride and everything else. But you go back to uh, his days in the truck series, driving uh, the '94 truck uh, at Mosport. He intentionally dumped, um, Chase Elliott, uh, not Chase Elliott, he dumped Ty Dillon for the win in the trucks, and, um, that, that one, that one, that was my first inkling that I, I would not like Chase Elliott, um. But this was probably out of all those actions. This was probably the most egregious because anytime you do something like that, you are putting that driver that you are not only that driver that you are hooking into the wall at risk of um, serious injury or more. Um, where this happened, you know, towards the front half of the field, uh, this could have been absolutely disastrous. For many, many teams and drivers, Uh, there is no need of that. I'm I'm all for roughing another driver up for um, for post-race fights. I'm for all that, and I mean, we we did see we did see tempers flare during um, one of the red flags. But the whole point is, you know, with all this, it's just there. There was there. There's a time and a place there is a time and a place for this and obviously that was not the time nor the place and um Jace Elliott he's lucky that he got a one race suspension because this could have been a lot worse we saw um Matt Kenseth lose three races for intentionally taking out Joey Logano um Many years ago at Martinsville. So he, he's he's lucky. Um, they're not going, Hendrick has put out a statement. They're not going to appeal it, but they are going to request a waiver. And, you know, a playoff waiver because of Chase's this And here's where I agree, and I, I don't remember who on uh, Door Bumper Clear had said this. Um, I don't remember if it was Brett Griffin or Freddie Craft. One of the spotters there on that show. Um, I think it was Freddie. I think Brett may have. Yes, it was Freddie Craft. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um, But they had stated that um, not only should you be suspended, but you should not be eligible for the playoffs, which means that by requesting this weaver. Um, you know, if they if they deny him this waiver, then Elliot is not eligible for the playoffs uh, because you have to have run all the races. Now Elliot did get a waiver accepted for the um for his his injuries and his broken leg, but this, you know, this is different. I mean, I can understand a medical one, but if you're suspended by NASCAR, you should your your waiver should automatically be denied, like it did not happen. So uh, I'm all for that. Um, as far as other penalties, I think that the suspension and the denial of the waiver should be fine. You shouldn't throw points on top of it. I think this solves the problem. Hopefully, this actually really gets um, gets that you know across so you can't be pulling this because this is a little ridiculous um so anyway um like i said next week is gateway where the trucks and the cup series will compete and the Xfinity will be in portland oregon and i'm matt hardman and i will see you at the track